InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the, what is it? I can't believe how time flies. It is October 11th. I'm Steve Peasley. And as feared, the Hurricane Michael did come ashore in Florida. I mean, it made a beeline for it and destroyed a bunch of houses, thousands of houses. And apparently, you know, six deaths have been attributed to the hurricane. And those living in the western states where I live, you know, we don't have this kind of exposure, this kind of danger. You know, we don't worry about hurricanes here. We worry about earthquakes, but we don't even worry about them because they're so far and few between that you feel that's not an issue until it's already happening and it's too late to do anything about it. But you know, I feel I feel bad for those people that have gone through this. And this thing is going up through, you know, what, Georgia and you know, up north. I don't know how bad it's gonna be for those people. But they do have my uh, sympathies, that's for sure. Now, our focus on this program today is your investments and your continuing education on how to become an above-average investor. And I and I, I want you, I have a save-the-date reminder for you. I want you to save October 30th. October 30th, Justin, Justin and I will host our next Wealth Webinar. It is free, but you do have to pre-register at investtalk.com. Tuesday night, October 30th. Is it Tuesday? Tuesday, October 30th, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Okay? So what are we going to talk about? What are we going to accomplish today on the show? Well, I will provide, you know, as I do every day, unbiased comment and evaluation for you, as always. And I am encouraging you to participate. You make the show. So please call or anytime listen online. It's open right now, 888-99-CHART. This headline from Time.com today demonstrated a continuing drama. After stock market drop, President Trump says Federal Reserve has gone crazy. Well, you know, I love it. He, it you, you can hate him or love him, but he sure gets everybody's attention every time he opens his mouth, right? He gets your attention. For the third day, third day in a row, Mr. Trump, President Trump, has publicly disparaged the planned interest rate hikes of the Federal Reserve. And you know, it's Chairman Powell who's stated that he's going to raise rates. Now, they're probably going to raise rates December. What I disagree with, and I've been disagreeing way before President Trump even talked about it, was that they should slow down. They should not raise interest rates anymore. They shouldn't raise the last one or the upcoming one. Wait till we see what the results are from these past increases. It takes six to nine months for these increases to filter through the economy. So, you know, you got to wait. But the Fed is known for going overboard both directions, lowering them too far and raising them too fast. So, President's criticizing Powell. Remember, he pointed Powell. <laughs> and he could fire him. Did you know he could do that? I mean, he's in charge. He's probably not going to do that. Anyways, I mentioned yesterday, uh, briefly, talked about Social Security beneficiaries who will get their biggest bump in seven years. 
I hope you are not solely relying on Social Security in your retirement years. I hope not. But whether or not you are, and even if you do expect retirement income from other sources, you do need to know, you need, you've got to be planning for the advantage of Social Security benefits. You have to plan what you're going to get. And can you survive on what you've saved, maybe your pension if you get one, if you're lucky enough, and what the Social Security is going to provide for you for your retirement. And you also need to be aware of the related tax implica implications. They get complicated. Anyways, I will talk probably about Social Security income in the next few minutes. Before I get to that, though, let's make time for a caller. You know our number is always the same, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin. This is Tara calling from Boston. I was wondering what you guys thought about the financial sector, specifically the ETF XLF. X is in X-ray, L is in Lima, F is in Farm. The sector seems to have been trading sideways more or less since about March. It seems to be picking up, but it's unclear where it might go. So I was wondering what you guys thought what might happen to that sector, specifically XLF, from now until the end of the year. Thank you. Bye. Well, it's now, you know, it's correcting mode, like most sectors. And financials, you know, with their interest rates rising, that actually does not impact the financial sector that badly. But the financial sector, XLF especially, XLF is the ETF, Exchange Traded Funds, you know, seeking performance corresponding to the S&P Financial Select Sector Index. It never recovered from the, to the high uh, made in the beginning of the year in January. Remember, we had that correction, and the the financial sector didn't really recover from that correction to the high. It did recover somewhat. But now it's back down to where the low of the year. They're back down to after two days. Just two days, by the way. Two days. I'd stay away from it for the time being. You want to stay away from almost every part of the market at this point. Um, simply because we're in our corrective mode right now. I think, I think we're just going to go back and retest our old lows made in February. For the overall market. And this financial ETF has already just done that today. So we have to wait for a few days. You want to wait to see it settle down. The financials will be fine, but I, you want to wait until the, 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 the dust has settled. And that means that this ETF, you need to see it go sideways for a week or two and then start up. Then you can step in. But I would not... I would not I would not do that now. Would not. XLF. XLF is the financial sector ETF or one of them. Now in the coming year of 2019, retired Americans will collect Social Security and of course they are going to get an increase. And it's the biggest increase in seven years. Now this story was on marketwatch.com. Um Retirement benefits are slated to rise. The Social Security benefits is going to slated to rise about 2.8% next year. And you'd have to go back. And that's cost of living, COLA, COLA, the cost of living. So it tries to keep up with inflation. And that's the biggest gain since 2012, which it went up 3.6%. Remember, it's 2.8% next year. So the government made the increase official after releasing, releasing uh, September's Consumer Price Index, CPI. Uh, and, of course, you know, it's amazing that the CPI and the PPI report that came out yesterday showed virtually no additional inflation from the month before. 
It was even a little bit down, a tick down. Now, do you know that the average beneficiary gets about $1,400 a month? And that 2.8% increase means he's going to get, he or she's going to get another $39 a month. Or around $472 over the year. That's what the increase is going to do. Now, the increase in 2019 is, is, is welcome. Everybody loves it. 60 million people, 50 million Americans will get that benefit. Okay? Now, you know, it, that's, by the way, benefits rose 2% in 2018 and point three tenths or three tenths of 1% in 2017. So they haven't really gone up that much in the last years. When you're wealthy, if you, if you are wealthy and own your home and don't drive much, you're going to feel the benefit better than those people who rent or drive a lot you know, because, because of expenses. They, they have different kinds of expenses. Anyways, everybody's situation is different. So, you know, but just know that you're going to get a bump and congratulations on that. We're all happy that people are going to get a little bit more money. And remember, not everybody retires, their full retirement age is not 65 anymore. It could be 65, but it's more 66, 67 now, depending on when you were born. So, and full that's full retirement age. But you can even wait till age 70, and the benefit will go up 8% a year until age 70. And, of course, I'm going to be waiting, and I know a lot of people will be waiting, because it's a lot of money guaranteed, 8% a year return guaranteed. Why not do it? You know, the only trick is, is you got to make sure you live a long life. <laughs> because you're cutting out two or three years worth of collecting the Social Security benefits while you're waiting. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and I have another Save the Date reminder for you. November 7th, I'll be returning to San Jose to conduct no-cost personalized portfolio reviews. You can register at investtalk.com. So I'll be up, back up there. Be happy to meet with people. It's a fast-moving Thursday, as usual. These shows go by fast. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. Head over to investtalk.com and read about the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. You should consider Equity Income Plus, a key strategy that you may be missing. The phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. Welcome back. The number is 888-99-CHART, and we're going to go talk to Kent in Texas. How are you doing, Kent? I'm doing fine, Steve. Hey, Steve, I was calling you about Prudential Financial, the ticker's PRU, and I talked to you a while back about the PEG, and you told me that instead of the PEG, you were more uh, likely to look at the earnings yield, which is the reverse of, of the PEG, and so I'm wondering, can you look at Prudential Financial and tell me what you think about it and, and, and specifically about that earnings yield, what it is? Sure. Now, for, for those people who don't know what Kent is talking about, PEG is, is, uh, is uh, the uh, P.E. over the growth. And I like, to go, I like the G.P.E., growth over the P.E., but they do the same thing. It's just what you're used to, Okay. 
And it tells you, it gives you a relationship between the growth rate and the P.E. ratio. And of course, what you want is you like a growth to the P.E. ratio. You like growth, typically, I like growth to be two times the P.E. ratio. So the P.E. ratio of Prudential, and the symbol is P.R.U., and Prudential is a life insurance annuity and mutual fund company. You know, that's the kind of products they produce both here in the U.S., Europe, Asia, Latin America. So they're big. They're very big. They're $41 billion. Okay. So their peg, their growth to the P.E. ratio, so growth, their growth is around 9 10% growth in sales and earnings the last couple of years, and their P.E. is 9 So they have a, rela a ratio of 1. And 1 is, you know, remember, I want 2 or higher. I like the growth to be twice as high. But you can't get that uh, you, uh, can't on big companies like this. They just can't grow because the law of large numbers, they're too big, they can't grow. So I think the a, a growth to P ratio or a peg ratio of one is pretty darn good for potential. I think that's pretty good. They pay a 3.7% dividend. And I, 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 you know this is part of the financial group. And you know the financial group guy is getting hit hard the last couple of days, but I think this is a very good one to keep your eye on and be and put in your portfolio once the market settles down. Okay, Kent, I like this. Okay, yeah. okay, thank okay. you, Steve. Thanks I appreciate thanks. you. Th thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Let's talk to uh, Tarek in Boston. How you doing, Tarek? Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Yeah. I had a quick question regarding GLD, the uh, ETF uh, gold sector. Uh, is this a yep. good time to take a position? It appears that it's broken its long-term trend and kind of took a good bounce above the 50 line. What are your thoughts on that? I do think so. Um, I think uh, we, we meeting, uh, we at KPP Financial in our one of our stock programs are pretty have a pretty good exposure to gold. Actually, the gold miners. If I was to pick the gold or the gold miners, GLD is the is the gold actual gold. GDX is the gold miners. I would rather see you buy GDX because I think it's more leverage to the price of gold, and you can see it's doing better than than gold is. If you take a look at those two charts, you'll see GDX is doing better, which is normal. But yeah, I think this is a good time to get into it. I do. Yeah. Appreciate the call. This is the Best Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. Well, it is now official. Steve and Justin have set the date and time for their next live webinar presentation. October 30th, 6.30 p.m. The Wealth Webinar is free, but you must be pre-registered. And you can do so now at investtalk.com. Start on the InvestTalk menu link, then scroll down to Webinar. You are listening to InvestTalk. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. Now, our webinar, as I mentioned, it is free. We, you do have to sign up, and you have to give us your email address, but we're very respectful about that. We don't we don't email blast people. We don't do that. It's not our thing. 
Okay, now I know you know that the, your data, your personal data is all over the internet, right? We all know that. That data is everywhere. How would you like to get paid for giving out that data? There's new companies that do this. What they do, and it's really interesting. This is the main talking point. It's really interesting what these companies do, and these are very new. They go out to the internet and scrape all the information about you. They scrape it as clean as they can out of the internet. And then they hide it or hold it or whatever you want to call it. And then you can either keep it that way or you can sell your data. You can actually get paid for your data to be out there. I think that's a great idea. The greater part of the idea is that you don't, no one gets your data if you don't want to. They also go out and scrape it. Now, they're not pretending that they're going to get everything, but they're, they'll work really hard to get everything because that's how they're going to make money. Okay, that's how they are going to make money by keeping your data to, you know, free from the Internet unless you get permission to sell it to sell it. So how much money can you make? Of course, I know that's right on your mind, right? First thing I got to, well, how much money can I make? So I had to read this article, the whole darn thing, get to the bottom where it finally told me, which is fine. I mean, just, I wanted to read the article anyways. But 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 at the bottom, it tells you how much money you can you make. Okay. Datum, which is one of these companies, D-A-T-U-M, in San Francisco. Okay. This company claims a person could make up to $2,000 of passive income a year by continually auctioning off his or her data. And that includes varying prices for different kinds of data, such as a $5 per well-targeted email or $0.10 cents a month from general location data. And once a user consents to Datum, D-A-T-U-M, Datum, collecting her, her or his data, the company does the rest. It scrapes all the data from the accounts out there. That's kind of an interesting concept, don't you think? And, you know, it goes a long way to keep your stuff private if you want to. And I like that idea. Of course, you know, whoever's scraping and whoever's holding, like Datum, that company, you know, they could be hacked and then your data's back out there again. But, you know, that's always going to be a worry. That, that's, a, that's a worry that's going to be with us forever because we're using the internet. And that's today's main talking point. Some of the other topics I want to talk about today, will will this stock market, the weakness we're seeing in this stock market, will that drive people to CDs, certificates deposits? Is that going to happen? Maybe. And here's something, Dow 40,000 is coming. 40,000 is coming. But only after a large panic event passes first. This is I, The only reason I picked this up is because it was by a guy named Yves Lamoureux. Yves Lamoureux. Okay, French guy. Uh, and the only reason I did that because he was right on on a previous call uh, and I'll, I'm going to talk about that. And finally, why U.S. investors should be buying this stock market pullback with both arms. Hmm. An article by Barbara Kollemeyer. So we'll see, you know, there's reasons not to be in this market. There's reasons to buy this market. You got, you're getting all kinds of wacky predictions everywhere. What I'm going to tell you, stay calm.
don't panic. You never want to panic out, and you never want to panic in to a market. Now, today, the Dow is down 546 points. That's 2%, 2.1%. And remember, yesterday, it was down 800 points. So we've been down almost 5% in two days. The NASDAQ was down 93, and the S&P was down 57. The NASDAQ has had the most damage done to it. Down like, what, 7%-ish from the high? That's the worst. So we're going to talk about this more today. Now here's an investing term you should know. Earnings momentum. What's the definition? An increase in earnings per share growth rate from one reporting period to the next. And what's the reporting periods, everybody? Every quarter. Even though the SEC mentioned today, out today, made an announcement today, that certain small companies, public companies, they may let them report once every six months instead of every quarter. That, that I find that interesting. So earnings quarter, quarter over quarter over quarter is what you're looking for, earnings per share growth. That's earnings momentum. Growing quarter after quarter after quarter. Okay? Now, over at Nasdaq.com, they host a glossary of more than 8,000 investing terms. I mean, we and you know I, where I like to go. I go to Investopedia. But there's a lot of resources for you. So if you have a question about this one, you can ask. 888-99-CHART is our number. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, in a $600 million deal, Apple will buy part of long-term supplier Dialog. Apple gets a patent portfolio and a team of 300 engineers. I'll talk about this tomorrow, by the way. I'm Steve Peasley. My number is 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bluebird Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious. Get YCharts.
This is Invest Talk. Have you thought about asking Steve or Justin for a no cost and no obligation portfolio review? You should. They can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype consultation. And if you live anywhere in Northern California, Steve will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. Save the date and register now at investtalk.com. Appointments are free, but they are limited. Okay. You've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. Ben from Pearl River, New York, huge fan of the podcast. I thought I would ask you, since you've been talking, you've mentioned credit scores a few times over the past few months, if you would speak a little to business credit scores. The world of monitoring business credit scores seems a little more murky um, than personal credit scores. And I would just like to know your two cents if it's actually worth making sure one small business has a good business credit score or if it's something that's just kind of not as important as personal credit scores. Uh, Obviously, I'm not talking about business practices that would lead to a good business credit score, just talking about monitoring the actual credit score itself. I've been in small business for 12 years and successful, and I've never thought about it until the last couple of years. Just love to hear your two cents. Thanks, guys. Great podcast. Bye. Okay, thanks for the question, and it's a good one. Uh, a small business where it's you and a few employees or you know, you and maybe a one or two locations is not nearly as important to have a great credit score than you as the individual owner because, this is why, in a small business, almost always, you need, if you go to the bank and you want to borrow money or you want to get a credit or whatever, they're going to look at your personal credit card, credit score as the owner of that bank. And if you borrow money, if you, the business borrows money, they're going to have you give a personal guarantee if you're small. It's very difficult for banks not to require a personal guarantee for a small business. That means, well, what's your personal credit score? Because you're going to be on the hook for that loan. So it's not nearly important. But as you get bigger and bigger and bigger as a business, you know, then it becomes more important. But your credit will just grow with your P and profit and loss. I was going to say P and L statement, profit and loss statement, your income statement of the business. Those things, uh, you know, they don't even. You got to have at least three years before the banks even look at you, really, as a business if they're going to loan you money for expansion or whatever you need it for. So um, no, it's not nearly as important as your personal credit score. The business will take care of itself. Okay? Appreciate the call, though. Good question. Hey, and I only know that because I've opened and had several businesses over my life. So, And I run a small business now. So I know how that works. And I've had to b- borrow money for small business purposes. So I know what I know what it's like. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So the stock market is having its fits right now with couple of big down days and actually being down most of the week this week and the you know part of last week so we're in our we're in another correction we're in a correction in the market now it's not it's deep correction 10 percent correction is normal we haven't seen that yet it doesn't happen that happened back in february but we haven't seen that correction but what's happened is is People get very nervous about the market at these times. You notice, just if you've been listening to the show, everybody's all happy a month ago. Oh, yeah, what stock should I buy? I want to buy this. And I'm 
Now I'm talking about we got to be careful. October's coming and it gets volatile. So you know now that we have the volatility and we all knew it was going to happen. If you're listening to this show, you would know. Now that we have it, now everybody's you know freaking out. Okay. So the question is, well, is it time to get out of the market? Maybe buy CDs. Well, how much money can you make on CDs? Well, first of all, first of all, CDs outperformed the market about 30% in a study performed that went back to 1967 and forward. About 30% on a yearly basis, CDs have outperformed the stock market. So three out of 10 times. Okay, what was the longest period? 2000, 2003. Okay, and that was in the bear market of the dot-com implosion. Now, what's the good thing about CDs is it's FDIC insured, so there's very, there's absolutely no risk, really, in buying a CD, because if you have a bank that's FDIC insured, your money is protected, okay? And why would you consider it? Well, the Fed has increased rates recently, and they say they're going to increase more, so now you can get more money on the CDs than you ever used to in the last 10 years. So what can you get? Okay, credit unions and online banks are offering a one-year CD around 2.5% for the year. 2.5%. So that's just a little bit above inflation, right? Was it 2.4? A one-year treasury. You can buy a U.S. government treasury. A one-year treasury, you can get 2.672%. So 2.7% if I round it off. 2.67%. A one-year CD from a bank, the best one I could find is called Virtual Bank at 2.68%. So you can get 2.68% without any risk. Okay, so the, the, there's bond market, stock market, and CDs all compete for invested dollars, right? They're all competing. For the invested dollar. So where, if we, you and I, with our money, we invest our money, where do we put it to make the most money? Well, we have to decide, well, how much risk do we want to take and how much, how much of our money we want to risk. So what happened is interest rates rise, it attracts more of our invested dollars, which takes it out of the market, the stock market. When money is leaving the stock market, it's a problem for stocks to go higher. But that's just one aspect of money leaving. You know, there's constantly money coming into the stock market, too. Constantly coming in. You can figure out where it's coming in from. And that's what I'm going to talk about here in a few minutes when, uh, when investors should be buying this stock market pullback with both arms. An article with Barbara Coltmeyer, and why this article is saying that. Very interesting. 888-99 chart. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and as many of you know, I travel to San Jose about once a month to meet with people in the Bay Area, the Silicon Valley area. That's where the radio show is broadcasted from. Okay, and that's in case you ever wondered to know why I was up there. That's why. That's where the radio show is. And I will be there November 7th, and that is a Wednesday, November 7th. During my time with the various investors and people, I conduct a personalized private review of their portfolio, their life, their financial situation, and try to help them. Talk about 
what they can do on their own, if I can help them, or if they need my services, be happy to provide them, of course. But, you know, it's a conversation. How they can improve their performance and what they can do to gather more assets before they retire. That kind of conversation. Space is limited, everybody. Remember, November 7th, you got to go to investtalk.com to receive a spot. Okay, the phone lines are open, and we're taking calls, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance. It can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and on all Invest Talk platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, and podcast replays. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. And unlike many other advisors, Steve and Justin always provide unbiased recommendations, unaffected by third-party considerations. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California office or send a message through investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open. You can call with questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin. I had a quick question about Dick's Sporting Goods, DKS. The price has dropped a little bit recently, and the PE is trading around uh, 10 to 11. Still a pretty strong income statement. I didn't dive too deep into it, but their free cash flow has been increasing in the past few years. And uh, I just wanted to know what you thought about this as a buy right now. I'm only 20 years old, so I have more than enough time to uh, hold it for the long term. And just want to know what you guys think. All right, thanks. Okay, this is Dick Sporting Goods, Inc. DKS is a symbol, operates 676 Dick Sporting Goods stores in 47 states uh, and 121 Golf Galaxy stores in 29 states and e-commerce websites. Now, this, the fundamentals, remember there's fundamentals and technicals. Fundamentals is two parts of fundamentals. But the fundamentals, the numbers, we're going to go by the numbers here. Uh uh, look pretty strong, as you pointed out. Earnings are going to be $3.13 estimate this year and next year to $3.29. They have been growing their earnings consistently for years. Uh, sales are growing between 1% and 5%. It's been kind of slowing a little bit in the recent uh, recent quarters. But the P ratio, it's a $33 stock, going to make $33.29. So, you know, it's a 10 PE ratio, 10 Okay, the five-year range is 8 to 22. Return on equity is very good at 17%. Cash flow is $5.45, very high. Hardly any debt. Pays a 2.7% dividend. Management owns 4% of the stock. Mutual funds are kind of neutral, not buying nor selling for the last year. So there's really good numbers uh, uh, on this stock. I like the, you know, the, uh, the fundamentals are very, very strong. And what's interesting, in the last two days, the market has really collapsed, and this stock has not collapsed. It's been pretty much sideways. A little bit lower, but not much. The MACD, I don't talk about the MACD very much, but that's a technical, a te when you're looking at charts, there's technical kind of studies that you can put on the chart. And MACD is moving average convergence and divergence, and I'm using the 12.26.9. 
and you probably have no interest or care what what that means, but it's a short-term uh, MACD. And the MACD is way oversold. I have a feeling this is going to bounce. It's all right, the 200-day moving average. The last time was there. The last couple of times it there has bounced up. Now, how high will it run? That's a tough question because I don't, I think it might go to a market PE, which is, you know, a 15 or so, but that's about as much as it's probably going to do. So I would really like to get into the e-commerce website portion of Dick's Sporting Goods and see how strong that is because that's where the competition is coming from. You know, Amazon and, you know, online buying, online, but, so I'm just not sure about this sphere. I'm not negative on it, but I'm just not sure about it either. DKS, Dick's Sporting Goods, everybody. Okay, 888-99-CHARGE is our number. You can give me a call anytime you want. Remember, the Dow was down 546 points today, 2%. NASDAQ down 93, and the S&P down 57. So about uh, the, the NASDAQ was the strongest, or at least fell the least today. 1% versus 2% for the Dow and the S&P. Because I remember that the Nasdaq was the weakest uh, yesterday. So. Now, why U.S. investors should be buying this stock market pullback with both arms? And Arkabo Barbara Kohlmeyer. Um, okay. Why? Now, I, this article starts off with this sell-off may have legs, meaning they could go further. And you know, I do think it might because of the 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 possible problems out there. Bond yields are rising, a trade war with China, global growth worries, the IMF downgraded the growth by a couple of ticks, uh, and now we're worried a little bit about earnings. Is earnings season starting up? Are we, you know, and of course, you know, people whining that the market's going down. Try to remember Warren Buffett, though. Be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Do we have enough fear in the market? If there's enough fear in the market, the market's done going down. Fear. You're, you want lots and lots and lots of fear, and then you go buy the market. Okay. Now, but one of the one of the fundamental reasons there, this article is arguing for buying this market is Americans have $28 trillion in retirement assets, 19% of which is in their 401ks, $5.3 trillion. There are 550,000 401k plans or 403b plans, so, you know, retirement plans out there. And 54 million people are participating. Okay. Also says there's 160 million Americans in the workforce and 80% of them are under 54 years old. They are going to continually pump money into the stock market over time. Over time, money's going to be coming in. Yes, the baby boomers are by taking out some of their monies, but we're talking about 160 million Americans in the workforce, and 80% of them are under 54. Under 54. They're the ones that are going to contribute the most. And that money will constantly come into the market. Constant, 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 constant. And therefore, the market will not have, the market has an underlying benchmark somewhere that it won't go below. Now, I might point out, in history, the S&P 500 average P.E. is 15. Okay, and today, what is that average P.E.? Okay, 
I'm going to say it's really close to 1617. Okay, so the average P, the, the P can be as low as 7 and it's been as high as like 40. So there's your range. October is moving pretty fast, everybody. We got a free online webinar coming up on October 30th and I will be returning to San Jose on November 7th. November 7th. You can register at Now we still got about 10 minutes. You can call, give me your financial questions. I'd love to hear it. 888 99Chart. On the next Invest Talk, in a $600 million deal, Apple will buy part of longtime supplier Dialog. Apple gets a patent portfolio and a team of 300 engineers. Steve will have that story tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Stephanie from Phoenix. And I'm calling about Brookfield Infrastructure Partners LP, ticker symbol B as in boy, I, P as in Paul. And first, I wanted to find out, because I know, uh, I believe I've heard um, Steve talk about master limited partnerships and the pitfalls of owning those stocks. And I wanted to know if the same caveat applies to limited partnerships and what the difference might be. Um, that said, if limited partnerships are not or do not come with the same risk that uh, master limited partnerships do, um, what is the outlook or what do you think of this stock in particular? Thank you for your time. Have a good day. Okay. Um there is difference. There is a difference. I'm not sure what the tax consequences will be. Uh, master limited partners versus just limited partnership. I, I'm not sure. Therefore, I don't want to answer the question. I, I have some guesses, but I don't want to guess. So um, I think you need to be very, very careful with any kind of partnership and understand the tax consequences. For instance, you know, if you own one of these in your IRA and you think that, okay, I'm getting 5% dividend or higher, and you're thinking, hey, I'm making tax-free money, that may not be so, depending on the structure of the equity, the limited or master limited partnership you're involved in, okay, and where it is, actually where it's filed. Is it U.S. or is it Canadian or is it where is it? All that makes a difference. Brookfield Infrastructure, BIP as in Paul, owns and operates electricity trans electricity transmission systems, transportation and social, social infrastructure globally. Okay, it's big. It's an $11 billion company. It's going to make $3.64 next year. The yield, the dividend yield is 4.8% right now. And it these, these, uh, these kinds of companies, I own several of uh, utility companies in our managed accounts, have held up very well in the last couple of days. They're very defensive in nature, utilities. Uh, just like gold uh, mining companies or mining companies, you know, precious metal mining companies are defensive in nature, and I, we own several of those too. 
So um, that these kinds of things hold up very well in the volatility we've set, seen. And this particular uh, BIP actually, remember the market went down, I told you, 546 points a day? This went up almost 1% today. Up. Yesterday, it was down almost 1%. So in two days, it hasn't done much. Sideways. That's pretty darn good on a market that's gone down, what, almost four points? Over four percentage on the Dow in two days. And this did nothing in two days, up or down. You see, high dividend paying stocks, utilities are defensive. Do you see how you manage a portfolio of stocks, everybody out there? Or manage a portfolio of stocks. You just don't say, oh, the... Tech stocks are doing really good. I'm going to fill my portfolio full of tech stocks. I've seen those 1999 tech portfolios that lost 80% of their value, and they still had recovered 10 years later. So, you know, they're, they're, you manage the risk of the overall portfolio, just that risk, by rebalancing and moving toward, you know, a less risky situation if you think the market is too risky. And you have to learn how to do that. But this particular stock uh, is has pretty good numbers, pretty good. But I don't. It's not cheap, but it's not expensive either. So you know, it's a good stock to own for that dividend, four point eight percent. Okay. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Now, is the Dow going to go to forty thousand? Probably so. Probably forty thousand. It's going there. It's always a question of time. I'll talk about this tomorrow when we have a little more time to discuss it. But for today, got to end the show. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program driven, again, by your great questions. I do appreciate them. I remind our podcast listeners that they will learn a lot more about Y-Charts. You know, Y-Charts is a piece of software, our new sponsor. That, and it's only new. It's not new because, you know, we have sponsors. It's new because... We've used them forever, and we thought that our show might benefit them. Okay, uh, because now we'll talk about their software. They give you a bunch of research, data filters, charting, all that stuff. So we use our charts, my charts every day. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.